0: site at agentsinfluence.com. But when you do, remember that we have a strict antitrust policy and we also have a strict comments policy. So while we want to hear your voice, we also want to stay up and stay operational as an organization and as a platform to deliver your voice to the insurance industry to create change in forward motion. This is the platform for you and we accept all of your comments. Just make sure that you maintain the antitrust and comments policy. Now, let your voice be the sound of your feet upon the ground. Let's roll. So here we are at the uh, podcast for Agents Influence and uh, real excited to have a special guest on. Um, it's I think you're going to really like him and he's a little bit different in the fact of he uh, claims when he commented on our site that he's doing things a little bit different. And I've had a little bit of time to talk with Gene, and uh, I want to let you know that I think that he does have a different way of looking at things, as a lot of agencies do out here, but it really intrigued me. So I wanted to take just a few of the comments we had, and, and Gene was, uh, was uh, polite enough to say that he was going to be on. So what I want to do is I want to get to this, and so you guys out there can hear everything that Gene has to say. And so I'd like to introduce Gene Gregorio uh from Alabama Insurance. And uh Gene, uh thanks for thanks for being on the podcast today. Well, I
1: appreciate
0: you inviting me. Uh Gene, um uh, just give us uh just start real quick and give us a little bit of your background and who you are and who you how, uh you know, what what's your what's your story up to right now and tell us a little bit about what you do. Well,
1: I've been in the business about 32 years. I started in 1981 as an agent. And in 84, I went into management with one of the uh, larger companies and took over their uh, worst district and turned that around from – they never showed a profit from 1948 to 1984. And when I left in 89, they were showing $30 million profit. Wow. And so um, I left them and went to a larger company, one of the largest ones out there as a manager with them and i went over to columbus georgia uh, from alabama not knowing sold, I hired 22 agents that year and tripled the production and came back to birmingham alabama uh, with the same company and hired 24 agents that year and tripled that guy's production and then they didn't seem to do the way i thought they should do they were telling me to Sell life insurance as a pension plan, and I said, "Nope, I don't do that. That's life insurance. It's not a pension plan." So I left them because we couldn't agree on the honesty of the thing. <laughs> and so I went back to my old company that I started with originally, and uh, and they were punishing me because I was a leading manager when I left, and, and I don't know if I need to get into all this or not, but anyway, I put them in a break room with a telephone. And no commission. I'm just commissions. No secretary. No walk-in business. Had two other agents in there that had books of business and go get it, boy. So I did, and I survived and and uh, stayed with them about ten years. And then I decided, you know, I'm looking around and I see all these things going on that I, I wasn't, you know, part of or didn't have any say so in. And 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 my attitude about it was, you know, it's got to be a better way. And I'm sitting here starving to death, and I'm the top agent, then the top manager, and I can't make a good living. I said, something's got to give, and I'm not going to stay here and go under. If I'm going under, I'm going to go try my own thing. And with the knowledge I have received from these two companies, uh, I decided I can do this on my own. And uh, I figured I always have a plan B, and plan B was knock on doors if I had to and sell two automobiles a day which if I couldn't do that, I didn't need to be in the business anyway. Yeah. And that's not counting homeowners and commercial and everything else that I could uh, do and add to it and probably make more money than what I'm making with them. So I took my pension and my 401K, and that's all I got. They didn't give me anything else uh, other than the slap on the back, goodbye, good riddance, because uh, I was leaving them, and they held that against me. <laughs> so anyway, they, they cut my life renewals off, and I got no other renewals, and uh as soon as I attached my license to somebody else, they cut the life renewals off, which uh, was about 400 or 500 a month, which hurt at that time. And um, bottom line, uh, I went on and did this. And, and about, bought...
0: about what year was that that you finally stepped outside and said you were doing your own?
1: Yeah, that's, that's when I did. I, and I, I lived off my pension and 401K for uh, the year that I, that I had the money for. And as I built this up, by the time I ran out of money, this
0: was paying my bills. And it's been what about time about year? What year was this about when I left That was two thousand
1: and four. Okay. Two thousand and four okay. I left. Okay. And uh, around June two thousand well, I left in February two thousand and four. And uh and in June I started all this. And the reason why I waited so long is I I thought I was 18 years old out there playing paintball until marquee was tendon. <laughs> so so I had a couple of months off there, and I knew then I can't retire regardless. If I had a million dollars in the bank, I couldn't retire because I got tired of counting those birds back there and watching them.
0: <laughs> I had to go to work.
1: So what I came up with is is a concept between these two companies that, uh, you know, if I was making what they were making uh, and gave that to the agents, and took what the agents was making, the agents would be better off because I looked at what they were paying me, like 2% renewal on my PNC is all we got. And if you did enough life, you got 3.5%, which I always got the 3.5%, which is nothing compared to what you get as independent. And I said, you know, if we reverse this, you know, I got the 3% and gave the rest to the agents, then that would work even better for them. They could pay their own way, pay their expenses. Because I was, after I calculated, if I could get fourteen or fifteen percent commissions. I mean, and renewals, I could pay the expenses on the secretary and the office and everything else, and from what I was producing. So um, that's how I came up with one of the concepts here. And, wow!
0: Wow! And so you pretty much, I mean, just just flip the traditional model. I
1: yeah, mean,
0: so, I flipped it. Mm-hmm. That's what and, I did, it is. flipped it. And what and that was about 2004 when you came up with that concept. Or right. Concept is that when you utilize or put that actual plan in motion or right, right, exactly. And I started uh, recruiting
1: uh, basically by word of mouth and 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 referrals and uh, opened up one or two offices here and there and. And I wasn't charging anything to come on board at that time, which is as bad as I needed the money. But now we have to charge a small fee to get on board but because I do so much paperwork to get you codes. And the way I set this up, you got separate bank accounts. That way nobody can say, well, he didn't put the money in the bank on that sweep account for that premium. So they're responsible for their own bank accounts. That way it keeps the monies right on that. Plus, I give them ownership in the book of business. I give them ownership and everything. They run their business the way they want to, pretty much. Uh, if you want to be closed on Wednesdays, half a day, fine. If you want to open up Saturdays, half a day, that's your business. The hours you put in is your business. I don't tell you when to work and when not to work. I don't really have quotas. I figure if you're a grown person, you're an adult, you know what you're doing, you know what you got to do, you've got a family to feed, you got to go get it. Plus that brings in honesty. If I was hiring everybody to work for me, then somebody comes in with cash and gives me a hundred bucks to put in the uh sweep account, well they're gonna issue a policy right there on the spot. If the customer walks out, they got a policy. What happens to that hundred goes in their pocket maybe. If you got four or five thousand dollars sitting in that bank account, they're not gonna miss a hundred dollars. So the honest people I mean the people that Say so this is my business. I'm gonna put the hundred dollars in that bank account. I sure. taking it in my pocket. So the honesty's there. I don't have to worry too much about that. Of course, we check bank accounts daily, and uh, and we have tracks, uh, you know, management systems and things like that to do. And I, I set up an infrastructure. That's what I've been doing. That's why I'm only at 30 locations right now. Uh, I should have been my goal was 101 in the first four or five years but you know the the key to management I found out is hiring the right people that's the first thing you got to do if you don't hire the right people then all you got is a mess and and so I get the right people that's the first thing I do and and then you got to you know make sure that they they have pride and ownership in this thing too because if, if they figure like they're working for somebody I remember I used to be a machinist at U.S. Steel and uh the attitude out there was they pay me for being here and not for what I do because I'm going to get the same amount of pay every day no matter what. Right. Whether, I, whether I lift that barrel and tilt that bell or whatever to do, uh, I'm going to get paid. So if I can hide out and, and the boss doesn't see me somewhere in here, and I'm I still going to make the same pay. So that was the attitude. Well, the attitude we got here is two different attitudes we got here. One is we help each other. You hear all this about family business stuff, and I don't like to quote it like that, but we do. I mean, any agent can call another agent, and the other agent will be glad to help them. Well, they know more about commercial. They will tell them about it. We have over 200 years' of experience in our agency force, and and they all help each other. My biggest competition when I was an insurance agent as a captive was another captive in the same company trying to steal my business. Yeah, you know, so it doesn't uh, work that way with us. We help each other any way we can. And I don't put them next door to each other either like a lot of a lot of these companies do, the big companies, as you can see. The five blocks down the road there's another one. I, I keep them miles apart. That way there's plenty of, of business to write. There's no competition among ourselves. And then when I get all the companies that they have, they, they have the companies that they can write. Nothing walks out the door. They're getting higher commissions. I pay them. Uh, up to eighty five percent of the commissions, and I negotiate even wow. higher commissions. I give them higher commissions than the normal because I go with the companies, and this is where it gets better. They'll say, "Well, gee, we want fifty automobiles from your month, and instead of giving you twelve percent, we'll give you eighteen percent. I said that's the only way I do it, So I'll get eighteen percent, so I bring more commissions to them to the to the table for the agents, and I give them hundred percent of the life insurance. I don't even take any of that If they like life insurance, they get all that too. Well, I Gene, give them the application fees. I give, I give too much away, but that's okay because I make a living. That's all I wanted out of it.
0: <laughs> well, Gene, I mean, that is, I mean, I got to tell you, that is the most refreshing thing ever because this is an investment in um, your employees that's seeing a return coming to you. And, you know, I think a lot of times we try to make that, we try to, I think a lot of agency owners try to have that same concept. But something you told me when we talked on the phone the other day is the difference between me and everybody else is I'm not greedy. And, exactly you know, right. yeah. but you're still making money and you're probably still making a darn good living. And so, you know, that's that's an interesting concept. Now, as far as the expenses go and stuff with the with the agents, I mean, are they paying their own expenses? Or, I mean, how's that working? I mean, what what are they – I mean, they're just taking 85% and paying like everybody else does? Or are you paying those expenses? How's no, that kind I, of work?
1: I pay everything except the rent and utilities. I pay for the E&O, the management system, the website, the bank fees. The membership's a big I membership in FIB, uh their signs, their business cards. I pay for everything but their rent and utilities. Wow. All that out of the fifteen, twenty percent I make.
0: Well there's no reason, uh there's no doubt the reason why you are growing the way you are. And and so you opened up your first office around two thousand four, is that right? Right, right there, right, right? yeah. And then, uh-huh. and then you said that in five years you wanted to be up to 101. Just curious, why why'd you pick 101? Like the donations. Well, I thought by then I'd be advertising on TV, and whenever I advertise, I can't tell a lie. So
1: we got over 100 offices to serve you in Alabama <laughs> with 101, so that's over 100. That's right. 100 to go. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, okay. I started growing into Georgia, and, and we've got a few other states we're looking at, uh, Tennessee. And, and I'm trying to stay away from the coast because it's hard to get companies. And that's, that's something I don't understand. I, I approached a company the other day and and, they, and for our Georgia locations, and they said, well, you don't have enough standard companies. And I'm thinking, uh, what do you mean, you know, I, I don't have enough standard companies? You're a standard company, and we need you and want you. And they're saying, "Well, you don't have enough standard companies." Well, I'm thinking, so so if I've got four or five standard companies, you want to give me a contract? That doesn't make sense because if I got to feed those four or five and feed you two, you're not going to get much.
0: So <laughs> yeah, you'd think that they, would uh, being the only one there, they'd be jumping at that. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm thinking. If I, you're the only one, I'm going to give it all to you. Well, that's the concept you should be thinking, but the bean counters that, that be that, that makes these rules and regulations that have no sense about the, what works Yeah, <laughs> make the rules seem like, you know, so it's just the opposite. and well, see what,
0: Gene, when I was a single guy, I wish I would have had a woman come up to me and say, hey, you know, I'm only going to date you if you got three other girlfriends, you know. Exactly. That just exactly. doesn't make any sense, you know. <laughs>
1: Right. So that's how some of these companies think. And and I'm trying to change their attitude, and I have changed their attitude on some things. Just like as I'm growing, I'm the only one growing in Alabama that I know of. Nobody else is opening up offices but me. Uh, Everybody is stagnant. Uh, because they're greedy for one thing, and uh, they want everything. How much are you gonna do for me? Attitude. I'm always looking at how much I can do for them, and 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 uh, I've been trying. Uh, I've had several companies try to buy me out. Had one company says we're worth two billion dollars. I said that's not enough. <laughs> so, you know, not that I'm, <laughs> I would. I, I won't take any money. I don't want the money. It's, I'm not in this for the money. Uh, so you can't buy this at any price. And if I go down, I go down with the ship, simple as that. If I've been broke before, so it doesn't matter to me. The bottom line is you're not going to mess my people over. And if I sold this out and and I took it all for me, then I'm leaving my people high and dry, and that's not going to happen.
0: Well, I tell you what, Gene, I think there's a lot of agents across America that are saying, man, I wish this guy had uh, agencies in my state. In Alabama, Georgia, and Florida, and I think there's a couple other states you're in. Yeah, you know, well, we write uh, nationwide. In fact, I have a nationwide
1: plan, and I plan to be the Walmart of insurance.
0: Wow, tell me a, a little, little bit about that. I mean, uh, I mean, taking your model of what you're doing now and just expanding on yeah. it? Yeah, just on my concept that I
1: have, just off the uh, 20% that we make, uh, in the other states is a 75-25 split. I got an extra 5% so I could pay extra managers is what the whole purpose on that was. And my concept on that is – it was based on just five thousand dollars a month in commissions coming in per location, and if I got uh, 100 in a hundred locations in a state, I've got ten managers. I give them half of that, uh, commissions uh, half of my twenty percent, so they get ten percent. This is what my concept was. So they're gonna make anywhere from sixty to hundred thousand, and then I got another five percent left over, and that five percent I pay two and a half percent, or two percent to the state manager and he's over all those 10 managers in the state with 100 locations, and he makes about a quarter million. And then the regional manager will be making a half a million on five states. Uh, so wow. you will not have it that way. It was all based on that 25%, basically, on the other states. I did 80-20 in Alabama, up to 85. You have a bonus plan in here. It starts out at 80%, but if you produce seventy-five hundred in one month, uh, it'll go to eighty-one percent, and so on, up to twelve thousand. I have people making over twenty thousand a month in commissions, and I also have them twenty-five hundred a month in commissions. So I, you know, it depends on the agent. But the, the whole concept was to have an incentive pro- program, and they can make more. You can have more than one location. I got several agents that have two locations or more. You know.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So, so they're actually able to brand or branch out themselves inside yeah. of the tree that you created.
1: Right, and yeah. So they can have all the locations they want, and as long as I don't have to get another code for that location, if they're going to use the same code, I count that all together. So if you got two locations, they do five thousand a piece. You're at ten thousand, so you're over the hump. At the you're probably at three eighty four eighty five percent commissions at that point.
0: You know, Gene, the thing that's refreshing about this not only is your commitment level to your employees and helping and making sure that what's best for them, because we all know it comes around. But we're looking at a completely opposite model, uh, not only in your thinking, but in the fact that we're seeing today and hearing about producers who are getting their new business commissions cut from 50 to 40% or 40 to 30%. And there's this all, there's this weird thought that's out there that if we're gonna, we're going to remove renewal commissions altogether on certain size accounts, and I've said it before, and I mean, who works harder for less money? And that's the, that's the mindset of these agency owners out there, is that, well, if I cut their commissions, then they're gonna have to go out there and they're gonna have to work harder. And I'll be honest with you, I think that's one of the reasons why we're chasing people out of this industry. And, you know, when I say chasing, I mean that. Not anybody wants to leave this industry because it's one of God's greatest industries we've created as far as the, Financial time it gives us and the fine I'm sorry, the financial structure it gives our personal lives and, and the time commitments, uh, that we're able to give to our personal life. So, you know, here's what is amazing to me is you've got the complete opposite. You've switched the model basically and said, this is, I'm going to actually do opposite. You know, Jim Rohn, a famous business philosopher, you're familiar with him, and it says that if you find out what 95% of the people are doing and do the exact opposite, more than likely to all the time you will be successful. And Gene, I think you're living proof of that. And that's what this month's about, is commissions and pay structure of the industry. And this is why I had to have you on, because, I mean, this is uh, this is a refreshing take. I can tell you right now, there's a lot of agents sitting at their desk or driving in the car listening to this and thinking, wow, 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 I wish my principal had that same mentality. And I, I'm not trying to cause a revolt in the industry, but all I'm letting agents know is there is a better way. And there's and I'm just going to tell you Gene I think that your structure is very unique but I think there's a lot of agency principals out there and owners that have the same mindset of I need to do what's best for my agent first and then it will come to me um and and you know you tell me that you're paying 80 to 85% commission and you're paying everything except for their uh what was it their rent the my utilities correct? yeah rent utilities, utilities. Uh-huh. Yep, and and I You know, I guess if they leave a light on, they need to be responsible for that. But everything else, you're going to take care of it. So, And then I imagine you're able to probably negotiate a great E&O structure, I mean, based on the fact that you have so many that I mean, do the E&O companies like the fact that this pay structure that you have set up and they like the incentives that you give? And do they like the overall managerial control that you have? Is that a – is that a benefit to them, or do they have a problem with it? Yeah,
1: we use one name, and it says one E&O, because I, I, in my contract, they're really supposed to get their own E&O separate. But if they get sued or, or, or arbitration or whatever, they're going to throw me in there, too. So You're right. I have two two E&Os, you know. So we go one E&O, and I pay for all of it. And, wow. um, and the other thing is I uh, I kind of protect the agents, in a sense, from the companies uh, because, uh, as we grow, they know we're growing. And I tell the companies, there's no need of giving John Doe a contract down the road because I'm coming to that city and I'm coming to that state or whatever. You know, there's no need of giving them a contract because when I get there, I'm going to expect the code from you too. And so we can write business. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to cut the other 30 or 40 or 50 locations I got off on you. So if that guy's more important than 40 locations, 30 locations, then you can have him, you know, and we won't be able to go to that city. But they don't do that to me. So they say, yeah, you know, I, I was coming up to one city, and, and they said, well, we got uh, a guy has got four or five locations. I said, well, I got, at the time, I had like 20 locations. I said, but well, I got 20 locations, you know, which was, you know, maybe I ought to tell you to cut his code off. Yeah. You know, and they said, well, he started laughing. I guess you're right. So he gave me a code. Of course, it wasn't any conflict, and we're writing business. They're still writing business. There's plenty of business out there. I don't believe in replacing business uh, because there's so much out there if
0: you just go after it. You, you know, you don't have to go around cutting somebody's throat to to, to make a living. And, wow, uh, and that's so, refreshing, not cutting somebody's throat to make a living. That's something yeah. we see in a lot of industries, and i got to say we say it here. Well, I want to wrap this up, Gene. I want to ask you a couple okay. questions. I love the fact of your Walmart model because, you know, Walmart sells their products for so cheap. But they know they're only going to make a couple pennies, but by sheer volume, they're going to make millions and even billions. And so I, I, I think that that's an interesting model. But you you said a lot for your agency now um, and who you are, and, and I think there's a lot of agents out there, owners, that may think that you're silly or crazy or they may love it and say that they, that they can relate to it. But let me ask you this, Gene. Um, not to put you on the spot, but going forward, if I, if you're an agent out there and you're thinking about starting your own agency, or you've started your own agency a couple years ago, and, and they're not, they don't have the power that you do, Gene, to to have 30 locations and grow into 100 within a couple years. What what is something that you could probably say to them that would you know that is there any kind of I mean your knowledge is vast and and they're and they and they and they need to know. So is there anything that you could tell them that they should probably look at as far as structuring or moving their agency forward or any kind of advice you could give them? Well, uh it depends
1: on what they want to do. If they want to grow and expand, there's there's, a, there's ways of doing that. If they want to just grow their own particular agency, like I used to tell people, if I was in this thing for the money, I'd open up one office, called it Alabama Insurance Agency, and Gene Ruggiero would be running it all, and I'd make about a quarter million a year out of it, and I'd be happy with that, you know. And I wouldn't have to worry about everybody else. But that wasn't my concept or my dream. It was to expand and help other people when they're down and out, when somebody's let them go because of production. I had a friend that came on board with that first company I started with. He came on board from six months earlier, I mean after I did, and uh, he was there 30 years. Went up there and got his 30-year PN. Two weeks later, they terminated him because he didn't do enough live production. You know, wow. so, so, you know, if you're in this thing for the money, you, you can do it all in one location and, and do it right and treat people right and take care of the customers. You, you, you know, when I first got into things, said, if you take care of the customers, the customer's going to take care of you. So I use that same philosophy on my agents. If I take care of my agents, the agent's going to take care of me. The old saying is, you know, somebody will walk through the fire for you if you're doing them right, but if you're doing them wrong, they're going to push you into the fire is the way I look at it. You've got to take care like of them. You've got to take care of people and do them right. And, and me being on the bottom many a times and coming back on top, uh, we all have a mindset where we belong, in my opinion. And uh, and you can give a bum a million dollars on the street, and he's going to be a bum again. Or you can give a, take a millionaire and break him, and he'll be a millionaire again. So uh, your mindset there. So it depends on what you want. If you want to grow and expand your business, then uh, you can do it just one location. But if you say, well, I don't want, you know, I got enough trust in this other person to open up another location, and and you can do it that way. But if you give that other person some Ownership in that book of business or ownership in that business, I'm not saying partnerships. Partnerships don't work very well for us, I can see, but uh, this is not basically a partnership in a sense. It is, but it's not. I mean, they feel like they own their own little location in their business, although I own it all up to the point of sale. At the point of sale, then I'll pay them 75% of what we sell it for. You know and right. and so, and i'll buy I'm willing to buy it out at seventy five percent at fair market value if they want to sell out. They can pass it on to their kids, they can buy it out, they can sell it uh you know there's so much they can do with this thing, and them knowing that, they're taking care of that business, but if you just go hire somebody to open up another location for you. I don't think that's a good idea because that person eventually is going to get, either get greedy and want to break away and go do his own thing or he's going to get greedy and want to steal from you or, I don't know, just human nature, you know. That's right. But right. Uh, the key is you can do it in one location, but if you want to multiply yourself, which is the best way to do it, in my opinion, because I've always learned if you want to make more money, you must buy yourself. And to do that, you've got to give. And, and you can't think corporate and what's in it for me attitude. You've got to think in it what's in it for them attitude. And and if you treat them like that, then it'll work.
0: Absolutely. Gene, awesome. You know what? I think that you um, and just embody and you represent Southern Hospitality. Uh, better than I've ever heard. And, uh, <laughs> I think you're refreshing. And, uh, I hope that there's a lot of agents out there. I gotta tell you, I'm an agency owner myself. And, and, uh, I, I've got different aspirations and, and, uh, and things. But, but, uh, your model is something that I know works because obviously it's working for you. Here you started in 2004 and we're in 2013, nine years later, you've got over 30 locations. Um, and I just, I, I really do applaud you. And I think there's a lot of people that are listening to it that got big smiles on their face as well. So, Gene, I appreciate your time. And uh, what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to let Gene go because it is Saturday morning and he has got to uh, work some more. He doesn't work a lot, but he claims that he enjoys it so much you can't keep him out of the office. And and I definitely can hear that coming through your voice, Gene. So, once again, we appreciate your time. And uh, until the next time here at Agents Influence Podcast. Uh, we're going to be having another speaker that's going to be coming on, uh, here pretty soon, and his name's John Fear. And I think you're going to like him as well because he's got a different look at the way that we should have our pay structure set up. And, uh, the way, the, uh, the way that he explains it to me, he calls it behavior modification. So sit tight and wait for that, and we'll be right back. Gene, thanks again for your time, sir. Thank you, sir.